welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report for a Monday. Monday. Right? You're back. What are you going to do? Look, that's why we're here. That's why The Ralph Report is here, to get you through your Monday with a little bit of smile, a little song, a little dance, a little seltzer in your pants, as they said back <laughs> that's in the day. That's a saying? That's a saying. I didn't know yeah. that was a saying. And so uh, we're here. It's your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Across the Batcave floor from me, it is your vice host, Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. I uh, want to thank everybody in the Garmy who came out to Hollywood Babylon this past weekend. Eddie was there as well, and a lot of people were very kind. Had some kind words to say about the Ralph Report, so I appreciate that. As you may or may not know, we've been having a bit of a uh, subscriber drive trying to push the numbers up a bit. And so I wanted to give a shout out to some folks who signed up recently or upgraded to another uh, level, another tier with the Ralph Report. Uh, Let me get these names read because you are awesome. You're awesome people. And I wanted to thank these folks for stepping up and joining or upgrading to a a higher tier. Uh, Cy Prentice, Brisa Ponce, James File, and James Jackson. You all upgraded to a three-star general James level. James Jackson, that's a badass name. Sure is. A lot of good names in this list, yeah. actually. Um, we got some new four-star generals. Jamie White, thanks so much, Jamie, for coming on board. Brady Clark. That Brady Clark should be a football player. That should is be a, a yeah, should be a quarterback. A total quarterback. Uh, the Mind of Sean. I, I, <laughs> that's a name. You win, sir. You win the name. Sweepstakes. I want, I want to see the birth certificate. And these folks upgraded to the four-star generalship. Al Prado, thank you so much, Al. Alonzo Delgado, Karen Mann, Robin Kimbrell, Le- Melissa Serrano, Daniel Hucker are all brand-new four-star generals. That means you guys get to join in on our live stream video events. You'll get the merch coming up in the next week or so. We're going to ship that out. Um, you get the, you get eligible for a phone call for me. I had a bunch of phone calls this weekend with four star generals had a blast. I might've got a gig out of it. Nice. Yeah. Michael in uh, Australia is developing an animated series. All of them. He wanted to talk to me about doing some voices. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's been a blast and uh, all those folks went to patreoncom slash the Ralph report and either joined up or upgraded. So I just wanted to give them a special shout out and thank and, them. And the four stars get the free tickets to the live Ralph report. Right? That is if an we excellent do that. point. We are yeah. doing it. It is confirmed. The date is September 15th. Saturday, September 15th will be the first live recording of the Ralph Report in front of an audience. Uh, we are just hammering out the details now. When I get an exact location, I will give that to you. We think we know where it's going to be, but we haven't uh, finalized it yet. It's going to be me, of course. Eddie Pence will be by my side. Uh, UK correspondent Steve Ashton will be there. Carrie Garman, my wife, will be there. We're going to try to keep Olivia up, maybe, see if she'll come out as well. Maybe Reggie the Wonder Dog will make an appearance. Who knows? But we're going to do our first ever live recorded uh, The Ralph Report in September on the 15th. And all the four-star generals will be invited to attend that so everyone should for just upgrade. free. Everyone should just upgrade to four stars because that it, pays for the ticket. It really is. It's just it's the it best way makes, to go. Makes the most sense. You get all the bennies, as they say, all the perks. So thanks to everybody who did that. How was your weekend, sir? I had, Besides hanging out with me at the Improv on I had, uh, I had a Saturday good weekend. Night. That was that was Saturday was always fun. Yeah, hanging it was out fun. for the Babylon shows. Uh, 
Colton had a flag football game yesterday in 100 degree weather. That's uh, um, cruel and inhuman. I don't. I don't know why they kids. do it. I don't know why they do it. But they. Do. I mean, we do a lot of water breaks. Uh, they won. We almost got into a uh, <laughs> almost a race war. I think. Oh, at, awesome! Uh, Congratulations! Uh, my, my I didn't t- know those were still a, group, <laughs> they, a going uh, concern. Very prevalent. That's uh, awesome. We got to do a little shouting match with the did, other team. Did you have your Confederate flags at the I problem? Did. Were I, you waving I, that on I the sideline? Tat- I had my tattoo. I pulled my sleeve up. No, uh, our team is heavily Latino, except for Colton. <laughs> so we're the white people on the team, but. Mm-hmm. And we're all hanging out on our sideline. And the other sideline was, uh, I would say, all mostly white. Uh-huh. And uh, the kid the kid on the other team was flag guarding. So when he's running, he's swiping his hand down. So you try to pull the kid's flag, and he's swiping the hand away. And that's a penalty in you flag football. You can't do that. You can't do that. If they get to the flag, they have the ability to, to pull get, it. You can't block their hand away from the flag. Right. So the referee wasn't calling it all game. And our team started talking. Our sideline dad started yelling at the refs. And the other sideline's like, hey, you need to stop yelling. And then the other guy's coach goes, hey, look at our sideline. We're acting classy, unlike you guys. And then we were then that set off our sideline of just like, what are you talking about? Classy. And then oh, like a race thing. And it boy. was, woo. And then. Did yeah. you do the smart thing and grab your child and run for the hills? I sort of just started like doing that Homer Simpson where you back into the bush. <laughs> I just like not gonna just back it up just back it up oh man back it up uh then it got it got diffused rather quickly but it was uh nothing was better than just parents <laughs> just was, going at each other at oh, a children's sporting event it was fine until the guys said hey look at our sideline we're acting classy unlike you guys classy and then equals white is what yes, he was saying basically that's the way it was interpreted uh, and it got kind racism, of racism racism yeah. in america and with children amazing it was a good times so we live in the best <laughs> world <laughs> but we won <laughs> okay so there, that's all that matters. We're number one. Yeah, number one. Did your kid score a touchdown? No, but he had a big deflection in the end zone on a two-point conversion wow. that would have tied the game. So he knocked the ball down and we kept the lead. A little DB action. That was his uh, big play of the day. Sweet. Yeah. Speaking of your kid, can you finally tell us about <laughs> improvisation oh, the, the, camp that the, you the, sent the, your kid to this I summer? Will, I will tell you about the improv show. Uh it on the surface of the like don't know real quick recap Eddie is the worst parent in the world when it comes to sending his child to <laughs> various terrible. camps during the summertime <laughs> months when he's out of school first he went to escape room camp which yeah. turned out to be a total bust <sighs> horrible mistake and then he decided to send an, a 9-year-old boy to improv camp cuz you know how how little children have just an excellent grasp on viola spolin games and del close so like and then they put on a show for the parents which is only right which serves you right to have to sit through an improv show of yeah. children you know i sat through it and on the surface it looked like a giant clusterfuck on the surface because it was a giant because it was a giant clusterfuck yeah. but then after i left i'm like those kids just wrote the most unintentional biting satire on the opioid crisis <laughs> That I could possibly fathom. Sure, they did. Okay, the name of the group. Were what? you on opioids? No, at listen. The time? Listen to the, what their sketch was, and tell me if it was not about the opioid, opioid crisis. Okay, so the name of the group is called uh, Candy Flavored Toothpaste. That's what they named their group. Their okay, group. and the name of the sketch was called Candy War. Candy War. Candy War. So what it is? It's a doctor's office, and they go in, and there's three patients: my son, two other kids, and there's a doctor. Mm-hmm. First patient goes in. Doctor's like, "How are you feeling?" He's like, "I'm a little sick." He's like, "Oh, I take this," and it's sour apple candy. Okay. And the kid takes like, oh, I love it. That's great. So he goes out in the waiting room. Other kid comes back and they repeat this three times. Uh-huh. And while each kid is in the doctor's office getting the candy, the kids outside are getting more and more hyper from the candy they just took. And they're like, oh, I love this. This is great. And then by the time all the kids get in the waiting room, right. they're running around like animals. And they're like, we want more candy. And they just break, break down the door and go in the doctor's office and just tear apart the doctor's office looking for more candy. And uh-huh. that's the end of the sketch. Well, that, that first of all doesn't sound improvised at all. It sounds quite prepared. Well, no, they improvised all week and then wrote a sketch oh, based I off see. the improvisation. The old uh, Second City routine. Yes, that's I what see. they did. 
It wasn't a true improv show, thank oh, God. I got you. Well, no, I wanted to but give me a location and an occupation. I that wanted would, to see that would have been a freeze tag. That's what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting the sketch. So, uh, so, so, ki- children wanting candy for you translates it's into the, the opioid, opioid crisis. crisis. Doctors prescribing it, then they go nuts and they do anything to get it. Huh? That's the opioid. Or maybe crisis. kids just really like candy. That Eddie. too. That too. But aren't we just aren't kids and adults? And I hope that hope that was worth every penny you spent for it. <laughs> it was that not. Sounds, it sounds like it was magical. <laughs> I need to do more Ralph Report shows to pay for. Uh, I want to thank all the folks who reached out over the weekend via the uh, several ways you can get a hold of us here at the Ralph Report. Ralph at theralphreport.com, of course, and our Ralph Report hotline, which is one eight three three. Hi, Ralph. You can always reach us there. A lot of folks, by the way, responding to. Our Billy Joel tribute last week. Yeah, that was really popular. Ton of people. Um, I, I did that almost sheepishly because I'm a big Billy Joel fan. I know you said you enjoy his work as well, but I thought he's sort of he's really sort of out of uh, favor and he's not very fashionable. And it was just a, it was me being interested in this poll that R- R- Rolling Stone did of the top ten Billy Joel songs of, according to fans that they well, surveyed. He just doesn't release new music, so he's never really in the news other yeah, than he's, Madison Square He's not Garden. relevant yeah. other than the fact that he's a perennial sort of classic rock act. But a ton of people uh, enjoyed that, apparently, and came out and talked about their favorites, including this call, which I got, which reminded me of two of my favorite Billy Joel songs that we didn't even mention, but uh, a lot of people having comments about the Billy Joel segment. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Eddie. Uh, this is Scott here. Love the show, guys. Uh, you guys are talking today about uh, Rolling Stone's top 10 Billy Joel songs. I just wanted to uh, throw out um, uh, two deep cuts that are always a favorite of mine, but never seem to make any top 10 lists. They're both off of the album Glass Houses. Uh, the first one is All for Lena. Great kind of brain-stabby pop track. And then the second is Sleeping with the Television on. I've not heard him confirm this anywhere, but I suspect that Billy was listening to a lot of Elvis Costello in those days, and with Sleeping with the Television on, he actually kind of uh, accomplishes it. He does a pretty good, uh, a pretty good Elvis Costello impression, and it's a pretty good track. You know what? I I forgot all about those songs. Glass Houses, one of my favorite Billy Joel albums from back in the day. And when we were listing the the top ten songs, completely slipped my mind. But Sleeping with the Television on is such an awesome song. If you're not familiar with it, here's a little piece of that one he was referring to that kind of sounds like Elvis Costello. Well, I've been watching you all so night, Diane. Nobody's found a way behind your defenses. They never noticed the zap gun in your hand until you're pointing it and stunning your senses. I haven't heard that in forever. Why would Billy Joel stop making new music? I don't know. That I I would if I had one question to ask him in an interview situation, it would be that why he he doesn't seem to be a guy who like ran short of creative juices no. or or things to say. Unless you just don't want to be compared to your earlier work. Maybe I that's guess. it. Maybe he thought he could like never he live he up. Peaked and like okay, I'll just live off what I've been doing because I enjoy. No per- one does that. I enjoy performing, but. McCartney turns out turd after turd. Oh, I know. Maybe he doesn't single. want to do that. Maybe that's it. And and yet Billy Joel said, "No, I'm done. That's I'm it," good. and walked away. I made enough hits. I'll just keep playing these until I. Billy die. Joel has turned himself into the ultimate Billy Joel cover band. Is what he <laughs> really? is. He just goes out there and performs the hits. Anyway, great segment. Thanks for everybody chiming in on that. Also chiming in this weekend, a ton of people. Talking about our vice host Eddie Pence. Oh, what I do now? Well, your your what food your your weird food thing 
is Dude. is becoming a, a monster. This it's, country is so hung up on food. It is taking on a life of its own, your weirdness when it comes to certain foods. And I must say, and I said this last week, I am shocked and surprised, even though it's not a large number, anybody would come to your defense and agree with what you have to say, uh, this gentleman included. Hey, Ralph. This is Matt from Vancouver, two-star. And I want you to leave Eddie alone. Mr. Pence has not anywhere near as finicky as an eater as I am. I get my burgers, meat bun, maybe barbecue sauce if I'm feeling adventurous. But I go McDonald's, I'll order McChicken, just the meat in the bun, plain. It's the way I like it. I like to taste the meat. I don't like my food soggy or... Taste the meat. <laughs> like, yeah. And don't even get me started on, like, the mayonnaise and all that. It all just right. looks like congealed cum. Okay. Well, okay. All, all right. right. Leave him alone. All right, I will. Thank you. Do you just want to taste the meat, Eddie, like that, gentlemen? I just love the taste you of meat. You just want to taste the meat. Um, this guy's defense thing. for you was, Eddie's not nearly as bad as I am. I'm the worst. <laughs> Eddie's terrible, but he's not the worst. So leave him alone, because I'm much worse than he is. <laughs> and then, of course, there were some other callers who had responses like this one. Eddie... My darling, have you considered therapy? Love you. Mean it. Bye. Just that. Just the small oh, suggestion. I totally need it. I've, it wouldn't, I'm not it beyond, couldn't hurt. I'm not beyond therapy or above it. Um, and then, of course, you know John Kupperman. Oh, Co- yeah. Cooperman. Cooperman. Like Superman with a K. Like Superman with a K. He is responsible for our holiday or holiday theme song. Well, you'll be happy to know, Eddie, that you inspired him to once again take pen to paper and create a new theme song. I'm inspiring creative people all over the place. John Cooperman hopes we'll start a new segment where I will force feed you different things that you don't like to eat and then gauge your reaction to them. Um, His idea for the segment is called Stuff It. That's a great idea. Or Just Eat It. You can pick either one. Here's his theme song. Stuff It! Uh, please stuff that food in Eddie's mouth. That's what this segment is. Please throw that food down Eddie's mouth, 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 mouth. Just eat it. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Uh, that's I'm kind of speechless on that. That's I don't disturbing know. Disturbing on so many levels. Stuff it and eat it and put it in my mouth. I am thinking though, it might be fun as a little vi- bonus video content for our two star generals and above. If we do a little separate thing where I bring some food out and we shoot some videos of you reacting to various okay. brand new I'm flavors, I'll do. It. I'll do it. Whatever. I'll. I'll sacrifice. I don't know if that'll be our I'll theme sacrifice. song, but you'll. You'll stuff it. Stuff it. Stuff it, it in your mouth. All right. It was the weekend, and as you know, every weekend I like to come back on Monday and report about the top three things I learned over the weekend. Today is no exception. The top three things I learned this weekend. All right. Number three. Number three. Uh, this is something I learned this weekend that confirms something that we talked about on this very show. It was before your time, Eddie Pence. But I said early on that uh, we had a long discussion. A lot of people chimed in. And I talked about why are Prius drivers such shitty drivers? Yeah. Inevitably, when I'm behind a Prius or in front of one, bad things happen I'm when a it Prius comes driver. to Prius drivers. I'm I know a, you're a Prius but I, driver. I, I, I'm, I'm very aware of it, and I intentionally try to be a, a better driver because I know how people look at me. 
Why is it? You, you're one of them. Talk about your tribe. Why is it that Prius drivers are so awful? First of all, there's not a lot of get up in that car. It's, That's what some Prius drivers actually wrote in and real said. Hard. It's like, I wish I could get out of your way, but I don't have a lot of get up in I went from a Mustang to a Prius, so oh, it's real hard. That's sacrilegious. It's terrible, but money It's like saying I went from talks. Jesus to Satan. <laughs> well, that's, that's what you're saying, basically. That's a fair trade-off. Then a lot of people, when I did that segment, wrote in and said, you know what's even worse? BMW drivers are even worse. They're awful. I well, think Jaguar drivers are the worst. Here's the thing. Science now. Science has given us the answer. The University of California, Berkeley, did a study at their Institute of Personality and Social Research. That's where I want to work, by the way. That sounds like the most fluffy, most bogus job in the world. The Institute of Personality and Social Research. But fascinating. Uh, they did a study on poor driving habits, and it turns out they found the drivers of the, the worst drivers are from these two cars. Jaguars. Gotta be Jaguar. BMW drivers okay. and Toyota Prius drivers really? are the worst drivers on the road. They have found that when they examined here in California, you know, when you got a four-way stop yeah. or there's an intersection with a pedestrian right-of-way, mm-hmm. the law here in the state of California is once a pedestrian steps into the street, the street is theirs. You must stop right. and allow them to cross. It's not That's like Vegas law. where you can just run people over. <laughs> no, you don't get points <laughs> no. for taking them out. Um, they said that everyone, to almost to a car, followed those rules, but BMW and Prius drivers were less likely to follow the rules and do the right thing. About eight out of every 10 cars, they said, in those cases. Everyone else, it was much higher percentage. So they did, uh, and it, this is across the board, a lot of different road rules, but they said it was, the, it, by far, those two kinds of cars were the worst drivers. That's weird. Isn't that weird? I mean, I know the Prius, when you come to a complete stop, it feels like the car turns off. Oh, really? So maybe people are just like, they're worried that their cars are not so going to turn just back coasting. on. So they just sort of coast through it. But to get scientific backing for what I had always claimed was the case was very satisfying for me this weekend. <laughs> so that was number three. Then number two thing. Number two. I learned this week, and I was doing a little research. I was doing some uh, a deep dive on the Academy Awards. And I was specifically looking up uh, 1940s award winners for I'm working I'm writing this thing and I just wanted to do some research on uh, Academy Award winners of the 40s. My head exploded when I found out this fact. During the World War II, the Second World <laughs> the War, World War II. the World War II, <laughs> the good one, yeah. WW2. You know there was a metal drive going on where you had the copper the, and everything. Right? Uh, yeah. Metal was, was there was a shortage of metal because they were using it for the war effort, and people were having drives where they would collect metal and, and donate it to the war effort and stuff. The Oscars, the Academy Awards, for three years during the Second World War were made out of plaster. Really, three years they made every award out of plaster casting of the real award and just painted it gold. Have the awards survived? Those awards survived. Many of them still survive. Wow. Some of them. Uh, there was one Barry Fitzgerald. I think was an actor. One for supporting actor. Uh, he knocked its head off. I think on the night it just <laughs> snapped right off. They're not durable. I mean, after that night, I'm sure any of them survived. But I had never heard such a thing before that there was for three years every Oscar was made out of plaster and they came with an IOU that said when the war is over. We'll recast them, and you can trade in this IOU to get a real metal one. Wow. So uh, there's a little trivia for you that back in the Second World War, for three years, all the Oscars were made out of plaster. Were they, pa- they were just painted that way. They painted, weren't like... They were plaster with painted gold to, to look like it, right. but uh, they, were, they were some bullshit awards. Wow. I had no idea. I did not know. So that was the, the second thing I learned this weekend. And then... Number one. Number one thing I learned this weekend was 
I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I shouldn't be disturbed by it. But I went to Chuck E. Cheese this weekend. Oh, God. And first of all, <laughs> yes, I know what you're thinking. Chuck E. Cheese on the weekend, you're a, you're a goddamn hero. And you're right. I'm a national hero. It's Costco and then Chuck E. Cheese. Are the two. But the key is, and I hate to spread this uh, secret around because then I lose out on my advantage. But the key is, on a weekend trip to, to Chuck E. Cheese, you get there when the doors open. 10 a.m. You're in the park. Was it a birthday party or just a go? No, my kid loves the Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, okay, she just adores it. I I have a good time too. It's like a casino for yeah, kids. Yeah, it's it's the one thing I do with my kid where I'm as equally entertained as she is. I love running around, playing the games, getting the tickets, the <laughs> ski ball, the whole nine yards. The pizza's great. It's as much a, a day for me as it is oh, for her. Good. So we roll in at 10 a.m. But when the doors open and we got the place to ourselves and we're just crushing it. But it's a weekend, so it fills up pretty quickly yeah. afterwards. I don't know if you're familiar with the Chuck E. Cheese experience. Yeah, the one over in Burbank, right? Yes. But periodically, uh, Charles E. Cheese himself, Charles E. Cheese Esquire, will (laughs) come out. Chuck. And uh, he'll work his way through the crowd. He'll glad hand everybody. Then he does a little song and dance, a little seltzer in your pants. And then there's what they call the ticket blast. Oh, yes. Where Charles E. Cheese will take um, uh, handfuls of loose tickets and make it rain. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, a kitty strip club. He Lord just starts the, turns to Lord of the flies. He just starts yeah. sending those uh, tickets your way. And what they have them do, and wisely so, they make all the kids sit down on the floor, crisscross applesauce. Yeah. So you're close, close to the floor, and then he makes it rain, and then all the kids scramble to get the tickets because the whole point of the Chuck E. Cheese experience, again, for those who aren't parents, is to amass as many tickets as you can so you can trade them in for valuable prizes. Yeah. And it's like four billion tickets to get a pencil case or something. It's not valuable at all. So my kid is uh, on the floor playing by the rules. And she is uh, sitting there and the ticket blast comes and they go everywhere. And the tickets start to be uh, collected. The kids are scrambling, picking them up off the floor. At at this point, Eddie, I see a grown-ass woman get on her hands and knees and start pushing children out of the way to collect as many tickets as she can and stuff them into a baseball cap for her kid, I'm assuming. But she was she was she was not playing by the rules. Did you step in? I was this close. Did you don the cow? If it hadn't been a woman, which is completely sexist of me to say, if a dude had been doing it, there was gonna be a rumble. I was so incensed, and she wasn't even pushing my kid. My kid was on the other side yeah. of the crowd. But for a grown ass person to interject themselves into that dynamic and start, I don't give a fuck how many, how badly your kid needs tickets oh. for whatever they want. You don't, that is a separate society. Those kids are playing by their rules. Yes. You don't get on the hands and knees and start stealing tickets yeah. away from children. You're not helping your kid out at all. You're right. That demonstration That's is- That's not helping your child out at all. not teaching them good skills no. at all. And secondly, what are you doing? They're kids. Yeah. What's wrong with you? How many tickets could you possibly pick up from the floor like an animal? 20? That would, Tops? That would make it worthwhile for you to, to completely abandon your dignity and decency by doing that oh when God. other children are trying to collect tickets. The, the experience for them is supposed to be a fun thing. It's like an Easter egg hunt. What are you doing injecting yourself Where into that? Where was her that? kid? Was her kid anywhere near that? Yeah, she was doing it with her kid. They were like double teaming uh. and pushing kids out of the way. It was. I was so repulsed and... and I I I took all I could not to I go. I can't off. believe you didn't say anything. That would have been well, hard. That would have been hard not but to But then do. 
what 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 example am I showing in front of my kids? Yeah. If I get into an altercation with this other person, and then my ugly. kids there. I, mean, so. I just got out of a race war. So yeah, exactly. I know, I know what you're talking about. It's not as bad as a race war. No, Ticket I, war is not as I bad as a race war. But that's but, just you're showing. I mean, what you're being a terrible parent on so many levels. A terrible at that person point. on so a many terrible levels. Person. They're children. If what are you doing? Go slide Chucky five bucks. He'll give you some more ticket. I mean, anything but that. You're you're interrupting a game and teaching horrible lessons while you're doing it. It it's was terrible. Uh, it was something to behold, and it just it just shattered my faith in humanity in general. Oh, that, I can't believe you had any left. Well, I had a little bit left. Mine's and it's all like gone. If Chuck E. Cheese. If you're not safe at Chuck E. Cheese to be a kid, it's the place where a kid can be a kid. It's in the pro. It's in the advertising. Except for overbearing parents can be kids too. Chuck E. Cheese, where a kid can be a kid, unless that kid has a bitch of a mother who's pushing other was kids the kid, out like of the really way. small or no he was special a special needs he was, kid he was, or anything he was six five six he was a regular kid <sighs> even if he's special needs let even yeah, more importantly still, let him have his moment of him getting his own tickets yeah, you got to learn to deal with other children you got that's the world that kid's going to grow up in he's got a that's a lesson that's You're a life lesson teaching amass whatever you want at any cost by doing that to a kid. For a kid to see you getting down and, and pushing other kids out of the way to get the tickets, you're saying to your kid, all that matters is we get yeah, ours. Everything else matters. be damned. That's the that's the implicit lesson that was sold there. <laughs> Capitalism. So I went outside and slashed her tires. So oh, good. I, that, go. I forgot that part Ringe of the story. is a good lesson. Yes, that's what I... And I had my kid help me. I that's gave her okay. a box cutter and I said, you take the, you take the passenger front. side and I'll take the driver's side. <laughs> Unbelievable. Those were the top three things I learned this weekend. Man, people are the worst. All right, it is Monday, July 30th. And that means, of course, we take a look at the big calendar, all the holidays, national and international holidays. We choose which ones are real and which ones are bullshit with a segment we call Holiday or holiday, here are your holidays for July 30th. This is a legit holiday. This was passed by the United Nations General Assembly. Oh, this is Eddie. like official stamped. This everything. is everything. Well, well, this official. was voted on probably. The International Day of Friendship ah, is today. Okay. They okay. encourage you to make friends with people from other cultures and countries. We need more of that. I, I don't learned. believe in it. I'm building a wall so that we don't have to have any friends from any of those shithole countries, okay? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, yeah, isn't, isn't that really more than anything what we need right now? Yeah, so big time. Uh, I should have had Steve Ashton on today so I could reach across to uh, our friends in the UK and he could be my friend. But Is he today, out of Mexico now? Uh, yeah, he's out of Mexico, oh, yeah. He's back in the UK. International Day of Friendship. So if you have any international friends, give them a ring, send them a postcard, uh, check in with them, and uh, we are the world. Kumbaya. <laughs> also today... National Dance Day. Dance, dance, dance. Everyone just get up and dance. Are you a dancer? I'm a dancer. <laughs> I wear my dance belt. I'm, I'm currently wearing my dance belt. Keeps my bits and pieces in one place. I <laughs> love to dance. I, am, I, I do the river dance. I do the creek dance. I do the stream dance. If I have to go really badly, I do the stream dance. <laughs> break dance? Do the break dance? Uh, this was launched, by the way... By the the TV show, so you think you can dance? That uh, makes 2010. sense. <laughs> no, I'm Fuck not them. not giving them a holiday. No. Paperback book day. But I I'm all for that because it's cheaper than hardcover. Are you a reader? Do you read much? Occasionally. I, mean, I don't. Read but now I read on the enough. tablet now, so I don't even buy the books. If I, just... I do read, I do like to have the physical thing in my hand. Yeah. It makes me happier. 
I like to have the, uh, uh, I like, I still like newspapers. I like magazines. I like books. I like the tang, the tangible sensations like of holding uh, uh, printed material. The paperback book, by the way, you know when the paperback became popular? Why it was invented? The romance novel? No, it goes back to the early 1900s when railroad travel became the thing. And books were very expensive and very heavy because they were bound oh, so, in serious... So ba- people could take them. So to make it more uh, portable, they started printing for the first time paperback versions of those books. Oh, that's took, interesting. took the nation by storm. That should have been the list of what you've learned <laughs> this weekend. That was one of the things I learned this weekend. Uh, also celebrating National Whistleblower Day. <laughs> it's a tattletale day? It is. It's, it's a, they're celebrating day. people nice. who expose corruption by going to authorities and blowing the whistle. Or tattletales. Snitches. They're, snitches get stitches day. That's right. <laughs> National Father-in-Law Day. Do you get along with your father-in-law? I do. He's Secret Service, so I have to. Well, not anymore. Service. It's like meet the parents. Yeah. He's, uh, Eddie's, he could do a background check in two seconds. Eddie's father-in-law legit is a Secret Service guy. Yeah, he's a badass. And um, No, he's a good guy, though. He's, that, would, he's, that would be intimidating. He's strictly by the books. Like, well, everything. I can imagine. Like, if he no probably one, would have shot that woman at Chuck E. Cheese who was trying to get those He would have talked to her. He would have, she would have gotten to talk He would have taken her and snapped her neck and then the drug her into the, into the cotton candy machine or something. You never would have seen her well, again. Like, and Chuck, he should have taken her back there and Joe Pesci there with a ball-peen <laughs> hammer like Casino. What do you think you're doing, lady? <laughs> you're taking the tickets from the kids? <laughs> Give me your hand. Funny how? How am I funny? Because I'm a mouse who dances around? You think I'm funny, lady? That's what you should have happened. There's a sketch in there someplace. I know. Um, yeah, National Father-in-Law Day. I like my father-in-law, too, my wife's dad. But uh, he is he's a disciple of Fox News. Oh, God. No, yeah. No. He's oh. hardcore like Rush Limbaugh. And he's a good man with a good heart, but, boy, we got nothing just to Just got a bad about. news source, that's all. Just mm. a bad news source. So it makes things uh, difficult. I just have to... For the sake of my relationship, yeah. and for the sake of every holiday where we gather, I just cannot venture anything near any anything like. No, that. my father-in-law is very liberal, except the the kneeling on the anthem thing. Like he, that for oh, some well. reason he can't get over that hump because yeah. he's a veteran and yeah, like, everybody's got their thing. But that, but other than that, he's pretty liberal. And lastly, July thirtieth is also National Cheesecake Day. Now I'm afraid to even look. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking away now. I'm afraid to even look in your direction because we've already been through the cheese wars. Um, and now, and I know creme brulee does not land on your list. And now I'm just scared to I, death about the cheesecake. Whether I'm going, all right, I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to turn my head to you slowly and say, Eddie, how do you feel about? You need the a stress ball to squeeze. I, I, um, I, I, I enjoy some cheesecakes, not all flavors of cheesecake. Oh my God. I like the, uh, my favorite is the Godiva chocolate at Cheesecake Factory. How about just a piece of cheesecake? Traditional uh, cheesecake. It's a little too uh, cheesecakey. If that's a, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's too much, whatever that flavor of cheesecake, of just cheesecake. Hold is. on, hold on. You're saying cheesecake tastes way too much like cheesecake it's, yeah, you're it's, liking? It's too much of whatever it is, is what I'm saying. What does that even mean? I don't mean? know what it means as I'm saying. I don't know It's what like that... you're saying a hamburger's too hamburgy. I, I think it's too, <laughs> I think it's too rich. Is that, is that a thing? Well, yeah. Like you I eat suppose. it, I'm just like I can take a bite, I'm like, I can't eat this whole thing. Okay. But like a Godiva chocolate cheesecake, I no, can that eat... doesn't sound rich at all. No. A cheesecake plus Godiva chocolate. I could pound that. Could Hard. boof it. Could you boof it? I could it? boof the shit out of that. I'd pull it in every hole. Oh my god. All right. So there you so go. So I don't hate cheesecake, so don't give me shit on it. National Cheesecake Day. So go out there, have a slice of cheesecake with a friend from another country 
while you're reading a paperback book and dancing. That's the way you celebrate today. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. All right, we take a look every day at all the entertainment news with a segment we call here the Showbiz Beat. Kick things off on Monday by looking at the top 10 movies at the box office to get an idea what people went to see in theaters over the weekend. I know, Eddie, you had tickets. You went to see Mission Impossible I Fallout did. this weekend. Give me your take. What'd you think? I've not got a chance to see it yet. I love the act. I mean, the action stuff is always so on point in all those movies. Yeah. It's just like, it's it's worth a ticket just to see some of those action sequences. But um, how about how about the, the plot? The it's plot. Stuff. It's what like about- all the plots. It, it, like there, There's always a plot in all those movies, a point in all those movies where the, it, you're just sitting there going, what, what's, what's going on? Who's the, wait, who, who's the bad guy? What's happening? Yeah. Um, uh, what's his face? The guy who plays Superman. Henry Cavill with little, his mustache. Little, little stiff. Really? A little stiff. When he when he's got action to do, when he can act, mm-hmm. he's good. But when he's just supposed to stand there and deliver lines, say words. It's you can see him thinking the line. It's a little rough, but mm. uh, it's it's a great movie. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's worth the ticket. Well, it was the number one movie at the box office by far this weekend. In fact. It is the biggest opening ever for a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, top the franchise. Franchise yeah. best, $61.5 million this weekend. Number two was Mamma Mia. Here we go again. It made $15 million. That put it at number two. It stayed at number two, right? It was number two last week, Yeah, right? you're right. Number three was Equalizer. That was number one last week. It made $14 million. It dropped to number three. Hotel Transylvania 3. <laughs> God, God damn it. it. It's because it's a kid's thing. You have to take all the kids so the ticket prices multiply. Summer Vacation made $12.3 million. That was good enough to put it at number four in the top ten. Teen Titans Go to the movies uh, underperformed with $10 million, making it number five. Ant-Man and the Wasp was sixth. Incredibles 2 was seventh at the box office with $7.1 million. By the way, Incredibles 2 just crossed the $1 billion box office mark worldwide. Around wow. the world has made a billion dollars to date. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was eighth. Skyscraper at number nine. And the first Purge came in at number ten. Speaking of big movies, Star Wars 9 starts shooting this week, I want to say. Yeah, it's this Wednesday. Week. It's this week. They kick off. Exciting. J.J. Abrams will return as the director. And he announced last week that... Carrie Fisher will return in her iconic role as uh, Princess Leia, I guess General Leia she is now, which is nice. Uh, they've got some unused footage from the last film, and they're going to repurpose that into this film. And she well, it's actually from Force Awakens, they said. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, either way, it'll be great to have her return. Mark Hamill tweeted over the weekend, It's bittersweet facing my final chapter without her, saying he wishes that she would be in the production, but he's also encouraged that uh, Billy D. Williams will be returning. And Mark himself will be returning as, I'm assuming, a force ghost yeah. because that's the way yeah. things go. However, people are speculating. I don't know. You're our Star Wars expert, Eddie. <laughs> um, people speculated that at the end of Last Jedi, spoilers, if you haven't seen it yet, it's been out, what, two years now, whatever? Yes. A year and a half? A year. Well, Christmas. Um, Almost a year. Six months. That's, that's it for six months? <laughs> All right, then. Legit two spoilers. Years to six months. Um when he when he's on the rock, yeah. and he disappears, a la Obi Wan Kenobi, he when that just cloak just goes down, his metallic hand is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, it doesn't like the metal hand doesn't clink to it's the ground. Bang, 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 bang. Right. So is there a possibility that he just Teleported. has a new force trick? That he goes, zoop, he just goes someplace you and could, does I something mean, else. They could do that if I, I didn't mean, know he could fucking make himself a projection hologram. Well, that, yeah, and that, show was up time, that was the first time. That was the first time. I didn't that, know Princess Leia could. 
cruise through space and not breathe and freeze and then be okay yeah. and Mary Poppins her way over yeah, to the spaceship. That's the way uh, they have all these force abilities that they can just keep adding to. So, so who knows? Maybe not? he just... He just teleported somewhere. Maybe he shrunk down like Ant-Man. Maybe, Maybe. he's like mini, mi- he mini Luke now. Who knows? Anyway, he will be returning for that film. J.J. Abrams a good guy to have at the helm, I think. And they're supposed to really uh, encapsulate the prequel. He wants to wrap everything, the, Sky- the whole Skywalker saga. This is it for the, those, that storyline and those people. Yeah, he's yeah. going to pull from the prequels and the original trilogy. A lot of stuff's supposed to come back. So, so we're, in, we're in good shape. I thought this was a wonderful story. On Friday night, there was a gathering of firefighters in central Colorado. They were at their command post. They had spent uh, weeks fighting a fire near Basalt in central Colorado. And one of the homes they saved there was the home of a gentleman named Neil Diamond. (laughs) Now, Neil Diamond has retired from show business. He's retired from touring, well, touring anyway. He did so in January because he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. But they got together to do an event for these firefighters. Dozens of firefighters were on hand, and out of nowhere, up on the stage steps this guy looks vaguely familiar to people and then they hear this he got up on stage and he did his classic sweet caroline to perform for these firemen who had saved not only his home but many homes by fighting that fire and uh, that was his thank you for their efforts to save his community and for a guy who's retired and doesn't feel comfortable being in front of people because he forgets the words now and struggles, it was kind of a big deal for him to do. That's so amazing. People saying it was a very nice gesture on his part. I thought that was very cool. All right, it is Monday, July 30th. This is the list of people born on this day. This is the celebrity birthdays. Just take a gander at that list, Eddie. Look at the, num- oh God, the number the of page. people born on this day. So we're going to get through them as quickly as possible. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich, great movie director, 79 years old. Paul Anka. Is 77, great singer-songwriter. Uh, Jean Reno from some uh, some great movies like The uh, Professional they did with uh, Natalie Portman. That's, That's a great, great movie. Film. 70 years old today. Ken Olin, uh, director. N- previously, he was an actor. Now he's a director. He's 64 years old. He was in a, a show called 30-something back in the day. Delta Burke from Designing Women is 62. Singer-songwriter Kate Bush is 60. Do you know Kate Bush at all? Any of you a fan of hers? I don't know. I probably know the music. I don't She's think I know a name. Brit. She's a British icon. Huge star over there. Never quite got her just desserts over here in the States. Didn't, didn't become quite as popular, largely because she will not fly. So she has rarely <laughs> toured in the United that States because it's hard to get across that ocean if you're not willing to fly. You can take a boat, but it takes a while to get, get here. And so, uh, but I'm a huge fan. Here's a, one of her hit songs based on the novel Wuthering Heights, called appropriately Wuthering Heights. No, she's not for everyone. Oh, sounds like Minnie Mouse singing. Yeah, my wife says when I put her on, she goes, "Is she singing that way on purpose?" <laughs> Do you have she it is, sped she up? Is, she is sort of. Uh, she is, has a high voice. It's almost operatic, it's very chipmunk-ish. And uh, but she's sort of the precursor to the Pat Benatars and those kind of strong female uh, operatic voices. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. She's 60 years old today. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's 57. He's great in Ant-Man and the Wasp, by the way, if you haven't seen that film yet. Lisa Kudrow is 55. Vivica A. Fox is 54. Terry Crews turns 50. Simon Baker, the mentalist, is 49 years old today. Christopher Nolan, director of Memento and, of course, The Dark Knight, 48. 
Tom Green's 47. Christine Taylor from the Brady Bunch movies. Also, Mrs. Ben Stiller. She's 47. Hilary Schwank is 44 years old today. Jamie Presley is 41. Yvonne Strahovski from Chuck and now A Handmaid's Tale. She is 36. Martin Starr from Silicon Valley and Freaks and Geeks is 36. Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin is 34 years old. And lastly, but most importantly, Arnold Mother Lovin' Schwarzenegger celebrates his 71st birthday today. 71 years old. Wow. The governor. Still killing me. I can still, uh, I can still crack walnuts with my butt cheeks because of all the muscles I have in them. <laughs> it's unbelievable. There is no magic pill. You just have to do your butt crunches every day. Make your sphincter so strong that you can put a piece of coal in your sphincter and then squeeze real hard. A diamond will come out. That's how strong my asshole is. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> celebrates 71 years old. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And now here's the return of one of the members of the Garmy we go to. He's an expert in the field of Uber driving. He's an Uber driver as well as being a, a, a former employee of uh, Silicon Valley. He's done a lot of things in his life, but I go to him when I have my questions about the Uber world. We first met uh, Cliff Hicks when I was curious to know why my you know, you get a rating as a as a rider, yeah. not just Did as it drop a driver. On you? It, it was low. It was it was lower than I I, I thought it'd be a perfect five. I can't imagine when I was like a, a four point three or something. I don't know. And what I had done. I've given you a ride home a couple nights. You don't you've been, know. You've been a little surly. I never pooped in your car or anything. <laughs> um, anyway, so we that's when we first met Cliff. But we've gone to him many times, and I wanted to talk to him about the experience I had in San Diego. Remember when I was down there for the, with the deaf? When I was Uber down there for Comic Con. Yeah. I had a deaf Uber yeah. driver, which uh, both delighted and perplexed me at the same time. <laughs> which it should. And so I wanted to talk to him about that. He had secrets about Uber that I had no idea that he shared with us in this conversation. We also talked a little bit about that new AI program they've been toying with that claims they can tell whether you're drunk or not when you ask for your so Uber. Weird. All that and more in this conversation with our Uber expert, Cliff Hicks. Cliff, how are you, sir? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good. So you were not surprised to hear that I had a deaf Uber driver. No, so there are several thousand uh, deaf or hearing impaired Uber drivers that are in Uber's fleet right now. It's not real well advertised, but they've been around for quite some time, and uh, they actually do more driving per hour or per per day than the average Uber driver. And I did a little research, and it turns out that the hard of hearing community and the deaf community is woefully underemployed for the most part. So this is kind of cool of Uber to step up and give them an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's a handy way for these people to sort of have a job that's, that's letting them earn money and still be out and about and doing things. And it's not just deaf drivers either. We also have some um, physically impaired drivers who are also driving. Basically, if you can drive a car legally, you can be an Uber driver. And you said there's some other secrets about Uber as well that I wasn't aware of that you could share with us. Sure. So there are um, you can always bring a service animal with you in a car. Uh, drivers can't refuse that in any way, shape or form. Even if the drivers are actually allergic to dogs, hmm. uh, they sort of have to put up with it, which is a little rough. But I'm not one of those people, so it doesn't affect me. Uh, and on top of all that, Uber's now launching a, fleet, a, a service called Uber wave wav which is designed to be allow wheelchair accessible vehicles and it's specifically so people who've got wheelchairs or powered motor, motor wheelchairs can get around those services will probably cost a little more and they won't be quite as quick in response time because you have to have a specific vehicle for it but they're working to try and make for it uh, way, way, make way for it so 
Well, it makes sense. I mean, you want to try to service as many customers as possible, right? Right. And, you know, in some cases, this is also sort of set up for the, the fact that you were talking about you were having problems communicating with the, the, the deaf driver. One of the ways you can do it is you can just always send a text message. And I think in some ways, this is kind of a sneak backdoor prep for the self-driving car. It's with nobody in the car. You just have to communicate with the app. And that's the way it's going to go. So, Gotcha. Um, speaking of the future... We all saw in the news uh, Uber planning on using this AI to try to determine whether the folks that were calling for an Uber car were drunk or not. What do you know about that? Whether or not they're actually going to use this app, no one knows. But it's something they're implementing and they're researching and they've uh, trademarked. But the idea is the app will be able to determine whether or not you have an impaired state. So if you are drunk or if you are heavily inebriated or high, it's going to be able to determine that. And what it does with that information, we're still not entirely sure. There's a couple of things it could do. It could simply charge more for the fare. It could connect you to drivers who are specifically going to be able to handle that kind of thing. Um, it also might just pay more attention to the fare and keep attention to it up to Uber. So there have been a number of reports of drivers engaged in sexual assault against passengers, and that's obviously something Uber takes very seriously. So, and in all of those cases, those people were heavily inebriated. Uh, driving drunks is a real pain in the ass for any Uber driver. Any one of us will tell you that it's it's one of the biggest nightmares we have. Yeah. But it's also the most in demand thing we get. Yeah, that's Obviously, why I'm calling you. That's why I'm calling an Uber <laughs> is because I'm too loaded and I can't drive myself. Right. And we don't mind most drunks, but some drunks get really obnoxious. They get physically violent. They push people around. They start kicking. They start vomiting. There are any number of drunk stories that I've had that are just utter nightmares. And none of us drivers want to deal with that. In fact, I had a bartender trying to load a guy into the backseat of the car who could not even tell me his own name. Uh, Well, I'm going to start my own business. It's going to be a step beyond Uber. And it's going to be called Drunker. And it's just going to be like a panel van that's padded on the inside with vinyl padding. I could just hose it down afterwards. And we just take the worst of the worst drunks. <laughs> and then when you get into the location, you just toss them out on the side and leave them out in front of their house. Exactly. Yeah. We just hit a button and just ejects them. <laughs> I think every Uber driver would kill for that kind of functionality. <laughs> well, man, thanks again, as always, for your expertise. Um, I, I Look, I, I think it's probably a good idea. The more information that Uber drivers have about who they're picking up, the better for everyone involved. And again, it's I think it's kind of cool that Uber is giving uh, career opportunities to physically impaired drivers. Uh, I know it was a little startling when it happened to me, but at the, at the end of the trip, I was really glad that uh, that was the case. So cool stuff, man. Thanks for yeah. sharing. Yeah, no worries. And one more thing, Ralph, just yes. in case you're curious, uh, Uber is going to be relaunching the self-driving cars again in your familiar neck of the woods. They're going to be going back on the streets in Pittsburgh uh, within a couple of weeks. And this time they're going to be driven by passengers or driven by, by actual drivers and engineers so they won't be fully autonomous but that's the plan is to try and get back to that being the first place that uber launches and google's launching them in phoenix arizona before the end of the year wow well uh to all my friends in pittsburgh keep your heads on a swivel because <laughs> robot cars are coming out to get you man future will be here before you know it cliff thanks so much appreciate it no problem Ralph. That's it for today's show. Tomorrow's show is going to be awesome, including the beginning of my week-long interview with Jimmy Pardo, one of my favorite comedians, hosts, of course, 
another amazing podcast called Never Not Funny. He is just one of the best. I cannot wait for you to hear my conversation with Jimmy. If you've been listening to today's show as part of our free sample program, do me a favor, go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report and sign up so you don't miss another episode this week. We will talk to you tomorrow. I love you. I mean it.